Hebrews chapter 11. That's where we're going to be tonight. 12. 1 Corinthians 12. That's what that was. That's not where we're going to be tonight. Hebrews chapter number 11. That's where we're going to find our text. And uh, we're going to read two verses. Hebrews chapter number 11. And that's where we're going to find it. Where God, where the Lord wants us tonight. And um, really thankful, really thankful for how the Lord has helped us as we have come through this series um, for 13 weeks. 13 weeks we've preached along the lines of through the series entitled By Faith. And this, um, this message uh, will conclude that series. And uh, we'll reverence the Word of God and uh, thank you for standing and we'll reverence the word of God. Read the last two verses of Hebrews chapter number 11 tonight. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 39. The Bible says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided, some, provided something better thing, some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Thank you for standing up. I'm going to get my brother to pray over it, if you could, please. Amen. Well, as we've looked through this, we've seen a lot. I have, and I've learned a lot about the Bible, but I've learned a lot about other things as well. But this week will conclude our series. And man, I, I, I'm thankful that the Lord has helped us throughout this series. And we've preached from the beginning all the way to the end, from the beginning at what is faith. If you didn't hear them all, I'd encourage you to listen to them. The Lord helped us. What is faith? To by faith Abel, to by faith Enoch, to by faith uh, Noah, to by faith, and it just goes on and on, and we understand how we've laid that out. To by faith Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and then Sarah, and then these all, and then we went back to Abraham in a part two, and then we went on from there and, and, and went from Abraham unto Isaac, unto Jacob unto Joseph, and, and, and so on and so on, unto Moses, and to Joshua, and Israel, or the children of Israel. And uh, then we landed in Rahab as the last one named um, in, in a personal sense, a singular sense. And then we went from there, and we preached on, uh, um, two weeks ago, we preached on the winds of faith, how the Lord gives us some winds in the battles of life. If we'll live by faith, the Lord will give us those winds. Then last week we preached on the wars of faith and how there is wars. If you're going to live by faith, there's wars. And just as there was from all of these people, there's wars in this life and you're going to have to deal with them. This week, Lord willing, we'll deal with the wages of faith. The wages of faith. And in these two shorter verses, if you will, it really sums up a lot concerning all that we have went through this far. From the beginning of this, 
These two verses, from this point of view, it might not look like it sums it up. But I promise you it will sum up all the rest of it in just a mind-blowing fashion um, as it did to me throughout Scripture, as long as the Lord gives me that liberty to get it out as He give it to me. And so we have been able to conclude all of this study and the fact throughout all of this study, as a conclusion, we can look at it and say it pays to live by faith. Wouldn't you say that it is? It pays to live by faith. So notice three points with me tonight, and I'll be done. I want you to notice, number one, I want you to notice the Lord of their faith. The Lord of their faith. The Bible says, and these all having obtained a good report through faith. They obtained a good report through faith. Now you understand that has nothing to do with the Lord right off the picture, right? Does this say anything about a Lord? Does it say anything about the Lord? It says nothing about him in those. But it says these all obtained a good report by, through faith. And so, so, so you say it has nothing to do with it. But we do believe, all of us in here probably believe that all scripture was given by inspiration uh, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction the right, so that the man of God be thoroughly furnished and so on. And we all believe that, right? And so if that be the case, then the Spirit inspired this to be written to the writer of Hebrews. But also, who did they obtain a good report to? They did not obtain a good report to man. We found out last week that man did not like them. But they obtained a good report to the Lord is what they did. Uh, um, the Lord credited them for having faith in this. Uh, he said, and all the, these all obtained a good report. Uh, and so when it all come down and the report card come in, uh, they all got A pluses is what I'm trying to say. Uh, they all obtained a good report uh, through faith in this life. Uh, and so I see two things in this. Uh, I see number one, I see who it took. It took uh, the Bible says and these all, these all. So it gives us a people group there. Uh, and these all, every single one of them th from the beginning unto now from Abel all the way to Enoch, to Noah, to Abraham to Sarah and on and on and on all the way to where we have got right here to Jephthah as the last person actually named or Samuel rather as the last person actually named all of the that were in there and even some of them uh, um, that were unnamed uh, were these all that were lived by faith and they were credited by the Lord uh, as an elder of faith. You know, verse number two, the Bible says, uh, by faith, um, for, it, for by it the elders obtained a good report. So it tells us there, sums that up, uh, that these all obtained uh, a good report. Can I? Now that tells me that no matter where you are, how you are, or where you've been, or how you've even acted, uh, uh, you can indeed live by faith. Uh, you can live by faith. It doesn't matter your past circumstances, your present circumstances, or the prospect of the circumstances in the in the future. Uh, you can live this life fully by faith. Amen. It can be finances. It can be any, anything you want to put in the consummation of that. You can live by faith. So who it took? It took these. These live by faith. Now understand, we have not named one person in this in the New Testament. Now one person has been named in the New Testament. And we'll sum that up in a minute. So who it took? It took these all. 
took these all to live by faith. And then what it took? Through faith. It took faith. Simple. Simple. I know it is. But they would have never obtained the good report from the Lord unless it had been for faith, right? They would have never obtained that. In this world, you must do a lot to get a lot. You must do a lot of things to get a lot of places. If you're going to get high up on the totem pole in your job, you need to get you need to get in there and doing things, right? You're going to have to do things to get things in this world. But when it comes to the Lord and with Him, you know what it takes? Faith. That's it. For you to get saved, it took faith. It took faith on your part. That's all it took on your part. On his part, he gave grace. On his part, he gave his son. On his part, he gave his blood. On his part, he did all of those things. uh, But on your part, all it took was faith. That's the only thing it takes to get born again. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith, just as they lived, through faith. Not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's nothing that I've done to gain and obtain my salvation, but what it was is me having faith in the finished work of Christ. That's all it took, friend. But it takes faith to live with the Lord and for the Lord. You said, now, now how does it, what, what's the sum of that? Well, we can look back at verse number 6. What does it say? It says, for without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It's not, it's not a probable. It not, it's not a might happen. It, it's, it's absolutely impossible. It will not take place unless you have faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to reach God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to go to God. Without faith, it is impossible to do all those things. What is faith? Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It is trusting in the exact word that God has said He's going to do. We can trust it because He's a God who keeps His word. I may not keep my word, but He will keep His word. He cannot lie. He cannot not lose uh, and friend he cannot leave you because he's promised that uh, and that's what he's going to do Uh, if you want to be on the Lord's side and the Lord to be on your side uh, it will take faith it will it's going to take faith so we see the Lord of their faith secondly I want to move on we see the longing of their faith where the Bible says through faith receive not the promise they received not the promise. Now this doesn't exactly say, oh man, they're longing for this. But it, impl- it, it implies it pretty hard. Now, now, now notice a few things here. The promise that was given to each of these was not the promise of heaven. It was not the promise of the promised land. It was not the promise of life eternal. It was none of those things, which in essence it was, but it was none of those things on the exact, but the promise that they were given uh, was the promise of a Messiah. The Messiah was coming from Genesis to Revelation or Genesis to the book of Matthew. The Messiah was coming. He was coming all the way to Zechariah where the Bible says that the Lord is coming and He'll be riding and all of those things, everything we can think of. The Lord is coming in the 39 books of the New Old Testament. The Lord was coming. The Messiah was going to come. They were looking for one that would be some big and and light 
lion-like creature that was going to come and rule and reign uh, all over the Jewish nations and he was going to do that. Uh, um, But they got him a little premature. Uh, They wanted him a little premature but if they would have stuck with him as a lamb uh, they would have found out because it took a lamb uh, to save their souls uh, that when they received the lamb by faith uh, that they would one day have the lion too. uh, That he would be the lamb and the lion of Judah. um, The one that was standing upon upon the mountain uh, top and he was the mountain. He became the mountain. Uh, He became the stone that the builders rejected uh, and that no man could tear down. Uh, He is the mountain. He's standing on the mountain uh, and one day he'll come back and he'll have one foot uh, across the seas and he'll be stretched out as far as he can uh, and he will be the lion of the tribe of Judah and no man will be able to stop him. Uh, He will come back with wrath and fury uh, like no man can tame uh, and he is a lion uh, today Uh, one day he will be that lion and we'll see him face to face Uh, matter of fact we'll be with him uh, but right now he was the lamb for me Uh, it's ironic to me that shepherd saw him first Uh, how ironic is it that shepherd saw him first Uh, they're the ones who knows how to treat a lamb Uh, they're the ones who knows how to uh, lead a lamb Uh, they're the one who knows how to talk to a lamb Uh, and there are shepherds that came uh, as they saw the star uh, and there they were uh, in a lowly um, cradle was the man who would save the world from all of his sins the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world Friend, I tell you, they longed to see that Messiah. They didn't just long to see this and they didn't long to see that, but they longed to see the the Messiah that would one day come that Isaiah prophesied about. He said that he would be the wonderful counselor. He would be the king of kings. He would be all those things consumed in one, but he would be born of a virgin. And no man knew him. And he heard that every Every one of them uh, um, throughout all of the ages uh, um, they walked through the line of Judah and they said here comes Judah. Here comes the two twins uh, and from those twins came the next uh, and it made it all the way to Boaz. uh, Then it made it all the way to David uh, and then it went 14 generations straight to the Lamb of God uh, and there it was in every single one that was born in that generation. uh, uh, The devil probably looked over and said oh no, uh, we cannot make it. And then he realized that Isaiah prophesied back in Isaiah chapter number 9. I'm feeling good tonight. Isaiah chapter number 9, he prophesied. And he said, there will be one that's born of a virgin. And the, 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 the I'm trying to think of this, will be upon his shoulder. The government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be the wonderful counselor. He will be all of those things. And here he was. And then here one day uh, on down the road uh, there was a virgin that got pregnant he said we're done in now son we can't there's nothing we can do Uh, but then 33 and a half years later he died on Calvary and he said we won they were looking for a Messiah and here they are they got what they wanted They got the King of Kings. They got the Lord of Lords. But that's not what He was at first. You understand that, right? His cross come before His crown. Right? 
And so, so there will be no crown wearers in heaven that are not first cross bearers on this earth. And so here he is and he comes uh, and he's just a, a lowly, uh, he's just a lowly Jew as he's sitting there and he looked just like them, remember? Uh, that's what Thomas said, that's what many of them said. He looked just like the Jews uh, and he's sitting there uh, and he's uh, going in and he's preaching and he's teaching uh, um, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ all throughout the Jewish nations. Uh, and here he is uh, and he spent 90% of his ministry in Capernaum right there around Samaria and and there he is. And they're looking for a Messiah. But the Bible tells us that his own received him not. His own received him not. They were looking for a Messiah. But they, believed, they died believing but not seeing the Messiah. They died believing but they did not die in seeing him. Notice a few things. Their faith took patience. The Bible says they received not the promise. We understand that patience is an attribute of faith. It's an attribute of faith. Faith carries with, uh, carries with it patience. Because if you're going to have faith, you're going to have to have patience. Uh, and so the promise is still yet to be fully fulfilled. It's still yet to be fully fulfilled. And we'll get to that. Their promise has not been fulfilled. They may have died. But their promise is not yet fully fulfilled. You say, well, preacher, they're in heaven. Hang tight. Hang tight just a minute. I'll say this. We've never seen the face of Jesus, but by faith, I trust one day I will. Amen. Amen. Faith's going to take patience. It might not be 2022 when Jesus calls us home. Y'all know that? You have to persevere. It might not be 2023. It might not be 2050. But one day, whenever it is, I believe he's going to call us home. Amen. Their faith took patience. Their faith took people. The Bible says these all, and we already hit on that. These all, they died without the promise being fulfilled yet. Yet it was enough to cling to all the, all the way unto their death. It was enough to cling to. Everybody get that? It's amazing. Can I just tell you that what you got this evening uh, is enough to cling to unto death. It's enough to cling to. It's not some dead religion. It's not some vain deceit. And no friends, no man can take it from you. But what we cling to is a living Savior. Is a loving Savior. Is a lasting Savior. He lasts forever. He dealt. He de- He will not melt. He will not mess up. He will not make things up. You can confide in Him. He's always and forever. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. This faith took people and then this faith took promises. The Bible says the faith received not the promise. They received not the promise. Now, now they have the promise. They have the promise. And if they didn't have the promise, they'd never had faith. And so, so think about it. De- de- dead gods don't give promises. Dead gods don't give promises. My God gives them and He keeps them. I've seen His promises one after another come in in my life. But just keep standing on those promises because I tell you one day our faith will become sight and what we cannot see now as we look through a mirror darkly. But one day I will see Him and when I do see Him all the promises will be fulfilled. Fulfilled. 
the Lord of their faith, the longing of their faith. Lastly, I'm done. I want you to notice the lesson of their faith. Verse 40. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, this verse takes some study. And so notice a few things that we can take from this great verse. This this sums up all 39 verses. This verse sums up all 39 verses. We understand. Because God having provided something better for us. And so, concerning the wages of faith. The wages of faith. And so, I want you to notice two things, and I'm done. And it might be a little little long. Number one, better things. Better things. It mentions there, God having provided some better thing for us. Is that right? Some better thing for us. God having provided some better thing for us. And if you study the whole book of the book of Hebrews, if you study the whole thing, you will soon find out in it that it is a book of better things. It's a book of better things. Pre-Christ, post-Christ. That's how it's laid out. Pre-Christ. And post-Christ, meaning before the death of Christ and after the death of Christ. Let me give you a little layout if I could quickly. And I may turn through them. The Bible says in 1, Hebrews 1, verse number 4, the Bible says, "...being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they." So it tells us that Christ is better than the angels. Now we understand angels... We're a created being by Christ. He was better than the angels. And by the way, in the Old Testament, many of them had appearances of angels. Not what we're going through on Sunday night. That's not what I'm talking about because we know who that angel was. It was the Lord. But we understand that there was many appearances of angels. He's better than them. Amen. He's better than them. And then we can read on a little farther in, in, in chapter 6. Chapter 6 in verse number 9. Now, I, I've really studied the book of Hebrews on better things. Hebrews chapter 6 in verse number 9. The Bible says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. So we got a better salvation. Now, we got a better salvation. Their sin was hidden. Ours is taken away. Amen. Amen. Their sin was hidden from God by the atonement of a lamb or a bullock or a dove, whatever it laid to, to those. But by the way, if it was going to be a sin offering, it had to be a lamb. Just letting you know, Leviticus would tell you that. It had to be a lamb. And then we can find on a little farther in chapter 7 in verse number 22 where the Bible says, By so much was... Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Now, that takes some study to understand. So, there's better things. There's a better testament. So, better testament. Now, now a testator. Now, if you were to look at a testator and do some study on a testator, you would find that a testator is one who signs on the behalf of another. Okay? 
It's one who signs on behalf of another. And so, so could, it could be described similarly, but not exactly, to a mediator. Okay? It could be described similarly, but not exactly to that. Uh, and so in the Old Testament, under the Old Testament law, under the law, uh, Moses was that man. Moses was that man in that day. And he was the man for all of these that has been mentioned. Uh, Moses was that man. Right? So we're getting there. And I understand there's Joshua in there too. But Moses was the man of God that was given of God to be over the law. Not over the law, but not, right there at it. You with, you with me, right? He's, he's, he's the leader of these people. He, and then there's Aaron, the high priest, we understand. But here they are, and, and, and they are describing this, and, and it's describing here in our text, it's describing the Aaronic priesthood uh, um, that made nothing perfect. Nothing was perfect in that, uh, um, but Jesus, Jesus, as the perfect, as the perfect sacrifice, as the perfect high priest, as the perfect thing, uh, atonement, as everything was perfect with him, uh, and there he was, and he said he's a better testament. And so the testator is there. Moses was that, and that for these, but, but their side couldn't be guaranteed through a man. Just a human. But through Christ, we have that which holds up his side of the deal. But he can guarantee our side of the deal too. He can guarantee our behalf. He signed, sealed, and dated, and everything our sign, our, our 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 salvation, right? Everything we've ever done, he knows. He's done it. He took care of it for us, and so that's what he is. Is a better, better testament. And then chapter six, verse number nineteen, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which endureth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So here we are. By the way, Melchizedek is an, is an Old Testament pre-run of Christ. He wasn't a man. He had no father. He was the man. He was Christ. He was an Old Testament Christ. I just want to let you know that. But, but their hope, their hope, these people's hope, the Old Testament hope, uh, their hope was in something that had not been done yet. But ours is in the finished work of Christ. Amen. See the hope? There's a better hope. Titus calls it the blessed hope. Looking for the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. That's what I'm looking for. Chapter 9. My favorite chapter in the Bible. Other than, well, I got a lot of favorite chapters. Isaiah 53 is one of my favorite. But chapter 9, the Bible says, let me find it. verse 23, It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So we understand in verse 13 or verse 11, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats, calves, but by his own blood he entered into once the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of heifers, sprinkling 
the unclean sanctified to the purifying flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works, serve the living God. So here we are in this passage, and it's telling us very clearly, and that this verse is summing it up, that there was those Old Testament sacrifices, but he's the best sacrifice. He's the one that satisfied God for good, by the way. What they didn't do, they had to go in and do every day. They had to go and do every year, day to year. They had to go in and do it. And it just appeased the wrath of an almighty God. But what his, it screamed from the mercy seat when he applied it. Satisfied, satisfied. Hallelujah. Thank God. Better sacrifices. Then there is in chapter 8 and verse number 6. I'm almost done. I'm trying to finish. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. There's better promises, thank God. Their promises, uh, the the finished work of Christ secured uh, the promises of God. Meaning when he was done and when he said it is finished, it was finished. And absolutely, 110%, every promise he's ever given us was fulfilled because what he promised us is going to be done. I'm not saying that promises are not yet to come because they're going to come. But because he finished it and he said it's finished, it's finished. Hallelujah. And then chapter 10 in verse 34, and there's more promises I'm going to cover that I then I am going to cover. For ye have compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. So that tells us very clearly that there's some better possessions up there for us. Amen. There's some better things up there for us. And we read in chapter number 11 where Abraham tells us very clearly in verse number 16, uh, Abraham has to say, but now they desire a better country. There's a better country. One that's not made by earthly hands. One that's not, uh, um, but God is, uh, it's, it's going to be a place wherefore God is not ashamed to call, their, call them His people and they are not ashamed to be, that He has called their God. Uh, he will be that. Uh, and He hath prepared a city for them uh, where the inhabitations is set upon the earth. Uh, and I ain't going to get into all that, but the finished work secured us a home better country and then verse 35 of chapter 11 we realized women received their dead raised to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection now this better resurrection by the way this the rising of Christ is what secured our rising if he had stayed in the grave I would stay in the grave when I'm dead but because he did not stay in the grave I am not staying in the grave either. Hallelujah. There's a better resurrection. Then we come to our text. It says there's better things. There's a whole lot better things that God has granted for us, friend. And we could go from endless to endless and find out that there is much that he's given us. Then in chapter 12, it tells us of some better blood. Where the Bible says in verse 24, 
and, and, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So the blood that Abel, back in the olden days, in the beginning, Abel sacrificed. We understand that Abraham sacrificed a better sacrifice than Cain. And he come and he brought blood with it. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. And so he brought that blood and said the blood of Jesus is much better. It's much better. Because his blood takes away. That blood only covered the eyes of God for a day. Thank God for these better things. Thank God that Jesus uh, is all those things and so much more. He's so much more than that. He's better and we get it firsthand. Uh, we get it firsthand. Uh, we have been given Christ in substance. Uh, they were only given Christ in shadows. Uh, and I'm thankful tonight that I have the real Christ, friend. Uh, the one that I can 100% depend on. Uh, the one that will always be there with me uh, and we truly have it better uh, when they died they went to paradise they just went to paradise uh, you know where paradise was it was down paradise is a place of hell in the Hebrew term called Sheol it's literally the only difference is is we understand in Luke 16 that there was a gulf between them that they couldn't go from there they couldn't go from there and so they went down into what we call Abraham's bosom. A little lesson for just a minute. Hang tight. So they went there. And we understand in Hebrews, Ephesians chapter number 4. Why did they go there? I said Hebrews chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. But they went there because there was no blood. Was no blood. They trusted in the, the the the. They trusted in the promises of God, but they could not trust in the finished work of Christ. And so they went there, and then when Christ was finished, uh, the Bible says that when he cried, it is finished, and he, um, they took him off and all that kind of stuff. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 and verse number 8, the Bible says that he led the captivity captive. Yeah. Is what he did. Meaning he went down. They went up. Amen, Amen friend. And I'm telling you something. But we got much better than that. Amen. Because when I die from this earth, I go to the very presence of Christ. The very presence of Christ. And they didn't get to see Christ for some thousands of years. But there was a better sacrifice. There was better blood. And there was a better Savior. And that took away the sins of the whole world. And friend, I tell you, when you die, Jesus is my door. And His door opened up when He died on Calvary. And all can get in to that place. But they must have the better blood on them. They must have accepted the better sacrifice. But they had to do it all by faith. And I tell you, friend, as to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't understand it, but it's true. It's true. And that is better for us. That is better things. Hallelujah. Thank God. God gave me more when I was coming down the mountain so I didn't get to add it to this. Lastly, I'm done. 
that they without us should not be made perfect. Now what does that mean? I'm going to title this one, Better Together. So there's better things and then there's better together. Well, understand this, okay? Understand this. They, I'm trying to be finished, okay? They, they look to Calvary. You understand that? We look back at Calvary. They looked to it. We look back at it. Only the work of Christ could bring us all in. We understand they were in the lower parts of the earth and Christ led them captive. Where'd they go? Here is a profound part. Thank God for liberty tonight. Here's a profound part of Scripture that we must get to sum up this whole series. Okay? It's profound. We must catch it. Because they, without us, they cannot be made perfect. You understanding that? They cannot be made perfect without us. So where do we find this in Scripture? 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I'm going to read a few, script, few verses of Scripture and I'm going to turn to... Let me read that. Verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep. They're asleep, right? Don't mean they're dead. It means they're asleep. I'm still fully alive when I'm sleeping. I think you are too. We're still fully alive when we're sleeping. So them which are asleep that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of God, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Catch these. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Right? Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together. Boom. Called up together with them in the clouds. So... For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. To where? The meeting in the clouds. So they coming. And we going. Right? Their spirit's in heaven. If they're dead, their spirit's in heaven. Their body's not there. But he's going to bring him, them with him, their spirit's. They're going to meet us on the clouds and the dead in Christ shall rise first, meaning their bodies will rise and meet their spirits. And then we'll rise body and spirit to heaven. Everybody understanding that? Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Together. So you say, that still don't make sense. Hang tight. 
We're almost done, I promise. We're almost done. I know I've preached a little longer than I normally do, but just hang tight. We're finishing out this series. 1 Corinthians 15. The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Boom. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, for the trump of, I mean, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this moral must put on immorality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in the, uh, in the victory. Uh, o death, where is thy sting? Uh, o grave, where is thy victory? Uh, um, the sting of death is sin, uh, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who giveth us the victory uh, um, through our Lord. Jesus Christ. Uh, um, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, for as much as you know, as your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Uh, and so you see what took place there? So 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 is telling us that there's going to be a call together. Calling up, and we're going to come together. And then 1 Corinthians 15 is telling us that at that moment, we will be changed. Trying to sum up this. So to sum all of this up, the Bible says that they without us should not be made perfect. When will we be made perfect? When we're changed. When will we be together? When we're perfect. When he comes back and we're raised together in the newness of life. And this, as we look at, this is the final glorification. By the way, glorification is for the body. The soul, after salvation, is perfect. Everybody understanding that? The body, however, is not. It's flesh. So, the glorification, meaning... So, so there's justification that happens at salvation. Justification meaning I'm free from the penalty of my sin. There is then sanctification, meaning I am free from the power of sin. Right? And then there is glorification, and, and sanctification takes place all through your life. Then there's glorification that will take place at this moment, and that will be free from the presence of sin. Completely free from it. And here's the verse together to get us. Where It says, Beloved brethren, let me try to get this verse. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's the Bible. I am so thankful for the Word of God. I'm telling you, that is the bodily glorification where your body will be like His body. Will be like His body and it will be perfect and free from all sin. Hallelujah. And this process takes place all together. 
all together. The Old Testament uh, and the New Testament. Their souls are already in heaven, but their bodies are not. That's why the dead will give up what's in it and everything. And so, so all of that will take place and this is the perfecting of the saints. And all those who lived by faith will forever be together with the Lord. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. And I tell you, what a day that will be. Man, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see uh, as I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. I'm telling you, friend, when we get there, we'll see Abraham. We'll see Isaac. uh, We'll see all of them that were born again, uh, um, that had been washed, uh, but not taken away, but their sins had been cleansed. uh, And they will one day be free uh, from the penalty, the power, and all the presence of sin. Hallelujah. And doesn't this whole chapter make sense now? That's why they live by faith. They couldn't see anything, but now they could. Now they will. That day, they will. And this is what the Bible admonishes you and I with. We understand that whole, that whole chapter. I'm done. Whole chapter number 11. About faith, those who live by faith, those who obtained a good report by faith, and all of those things, right? And this is what we're admonished. Wherefore, comfort, excuse me, wherefore seeing, we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Those witnesses were these elders. And they put it back and they gave us an example in all of those times they gave us the example that we could lay aside every weight they, that, that do it so easily and this, we could lay aside every sin that do it so easily beset us and uh, we could run the race with what? patience patience uh, the race that is set before us looking Unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. All of it comes together. It pays to be have faith. It pays to live by faith. And this is the wages of faith. The wages of faith will not be perfect until they're perfect. It will be all at the same time. It doesn't mean that they're not in heaven because their soul is. But what it means is their bodies will come and meet their souls and forever will be joined together as a mighty, mighty warriors. Because we understand that when we're joined together, we still, we still won't. We still won't have went to the thousand year reign. Think about that. You'll be perfect in that. They will not be all perfect in that. But there will be those who are saved will be perfect in that time. Glory to God. What a day. What a day. I'm so glad for it. Thank you for coming tonight. You can stand to your feet.